Well, hello uh, and welcome to Guerrilla Discipleship. My name's Kevin Baker, your host, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. If this is your first time, uh, welcome. It's a joy to have you join us in these conversations about what it looks like to make disciples uh, in North America in the 21st century. If you're a regular, thanks so much for being a part of this. Uh, a few, uh, oh gosh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I was introduced, I got an email from a guy by the name of Doug Kazub. Doug has been a church planter overseas in China, other places. He's come back. He's in the Philadelphia area currently working with uh, crew uh, and uh, helping churches plant churches. And Doug was uh, introduced to disciple-making movement training, and like many of us who've gone through that training, uh, kind of got his world wrecked a bit. And um, so he began to reach out to us, reach out to me, uh, wanting to do some have some conversations around what we were learning, what he was experiencing, what he was seeing in pastors. He's said to me repeatedly that the 30 or so pastors in the Philadelphia area that he's working with are just so discouraged. The pandemic has has really uh, knocked them for a loop. And, uh, and so he has asked to interview me or did ask to interview me around how we were transitioning some things to be more in line with disciple-making movement here at uh, Oakdale Church. So uh, I was happy to do that. Turned out to be a great time together. I think he asked some great questions. He's doing his doctoral dissertation on disciple-making movements, uh, especially here in, the, in uh, the North American context. And so I was happy to, to talk with him. And I think you'll enjoy this interview. It will help a little bit to know what's going on here at Oakdale, maybe make some bring some clarity to some reasons that we're making some changes. Uh, but I think you'll enjoy it. So let's go ahead and basically just dive right in. Where do you want to start? Well, um, I'm doing a dissertation yep. on DMM in the United States of America or in America. And to date, there is, there's never been dissertation on this. I think academia needs to catch up to what practitioners of discipleship making in the last 10 years in America has, has really crystallized and is, and is gaining traction and academia needs to kind of catch up to that. So I was thinking to myself, well, if I can interview 20 or 30 pastors who, who have had a traditional church and now they're transitioning over to a more of a discipleship making church, that would be valuable knowledge. Sure. Because I'm telling you, it, it, it frustrates me to no end. And my heart breaks for the pastors I meet with in the Philadelphia area, and it's about 30 of, them, 30 of them per month. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. Their finances are shrinking. The numbers have been cut in half. What was working before COVID wasn't really working. Yeah. And now what's happening is, it's really not working. And they're like, am I going to close the doors here? What do I got to do to be fruitful? Yeah, exactly. And what I'm hoping that this dissertation will do is that this, this dissertation will give some clean, uh, like, you know, like a roadmap or a stepping stone sure. for, for pastors to go, well, and, and, and also options. So pastors, well, I don't know if I can do that, but, but this is possible. Yeah. And so anyways, it just, I, I thought I'd uh, get a hold of the, of the, Really, they're, they're, they're kind of like heroes in the American church now. And, and I'm not 
dismissing, if, if God's calling some pastors to be a traditional church pastor, that's great. Praise God. We need them too. But we also need our practitioners who are modified, attractional towards discipleship making. Yeah, I, you know, Doug, I think that uh, the reality is that um, <laughs> I think that God is getting the church in the West ready. And, and I don't think the old model of what we've been doing will get us ready for the emerging, in fact, even the existing reality that we're in. And so I, I agree with you completely that we need a new model. Uh, I've got a friend out in Seattle, and um, <laughs> he says, you know, uh, he's trying to convince his church that the attractional model of ministry isn't working. And he's like, people don't, out in Seattle aren't coming to church. They're, they're, that's gone. They have no interest. Now, we can disciple them. They're spiritually hungry people, but, um, but the model of the, hey, come and listen to our music and a sermon is not where they're at. They're, if they were going to come, they would have already been in. The, the, so I think God is getting and raising up a new generation of people, and it's going to be folks probably behind me anyway, uh, uh, but we can and set the ground. <laughs> and, and, yeah. We can set some of the foundation and uh, and make the pioneer a pathway forward. Man, what a great thing that will be for uh, the pastors and and uh, leaders who are coming after us. But I, so I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I have some uh, some questions here. I thought that might help to um, like maybe push this process along here. Come on. Um, my question is, is, when rolling out DMM at your church, was it from the pulpit as a church-wide program, or was it taking small numbers of interested leaders and building initial success first before rolling out to the entire congregation? And I hate to tell you, it's a little bit of both. Let me tell you the reason why I think it's been both uh, in a way that it might not have been is because of COVID. Um, COVID has really stopped, uh, you know, for a while, at least it was put a halt on just programming as we had known it, 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 it shut our, we, we were shut down for months. And so we, you just couldn't do what we had been doing before disciple making movement training that, and maybe in some respects, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, there's DMM disciple making movements, which really see, the the harvest move toward the church. You're starting with the harvest field. You're starting with lost people, and they're moving to become the church. MDMs are probably something uh, is something that's probably more uh, describing what's going to be happening and is happening in the states. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's movements of disciple making, where you're actually getting the church re-engaged in the process of disciple making. So the church is moving to the harvest. Instead of waiting for the harvest to come into the church, the church is mobilizing out to the harvest. Uh, I think MDMs in the States may precede DMM, where, where the harvest itself is actually moving back into the church. So I don't mean to confuse that, but the reality is, uh, I, I think what we've seen and how we're be beginning to do this transition is COVID hit. We needed to be able to, to engage with people in ways that we that were non-traditional because we couldn't come into a building. Buildings became actually irrelevant. Uh, and so some of the models of disciple making, things like Discovery Bible Studies, 
uh, increasing prayer, focusing on on obedience to God's word, uh, there was no stopping that. That can function in COVID or outside of COVID. So we began to deploy that and began to increase that. Once COVID was over, we began to, we had enough traction from some of what COVID gave us that we began to transition some of the more, um, what would I call it, mainstream parts of who we are. So in our worship service, uh, we actually now every week have a, a place right in the middle of our worship service where we uh, we just ask people to share their God stories and their stories of how they're mobilizing into the community, having spiritual conversations uh, and praying for folks, inviting folks into disciple making opportunities. And we just ask them to come up and to share with, you know, with us maybe two minutes, just what God is doing and then how we can pray for them. So it's a every week and we did, we've not set the stage. We didn't, um, we didn't prime the pump with some people to come up with a great story. We just opened it up. We set a microphone on the platform and said, we've been talking about uh, having spiritual conversations. We've been talking about being spiritually obvious without being obnoxious. Uh, tell us how it's going. And every week we've had people come up and there've been a few weeks where we haven't even gotten around to a more traditional message because it's just been person after person coming up to share how God's using them in their life, in their community, at workplace, going to the doctor's office in ways that they they just had not experienced before. So it's been really amazing. So I'd say it's both and. <laughs> That's great. I, I love it. That sounds fabulous. Actually, that was one of my questions later on in the in this list of questions I have here is how you utilize the Sunday morning services. Are, are you given a platform uh, during announcements or during some other part of the service to celebrate? DMM going on within the congregation. Yeah, then obviously you are this fat. That's great. Let me just say more about that, if I could, Doug, um, because one of the things that that really we've been struggling with, and I know this may be out of the order that you were talking to, but oh, or, or thinking through, but um, obviously, at least for us, Sunday morning needed to transition. Uh, and and we've worked, we've we've actually had a sermon. That was just a one of our pastors doing a discovery Bible study with his wife and two adult children, uh, college age children. So that was the sermon that day. We just they just and it was not pre it was not uh, he didn't set them up, give them answers. They didn't they didn't do a couple of takes. It was, hey, would you just do a discovery group with me and I'll record it. We had a lot of feedback from pastor from uh, people in our congregation saying, "Oh my gosh, I could do that. I could do that with my kids. That was awesome." Uh, so we've tried to illustrate it on Sunday morning. We've also tried to. I, I hate to to say this, but most of my career, the 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 role that prayer played in the Sunday morning worship service was um, was transitions from one thing to the next. You know, and it wasn't with that we didn't pray, but it was more of a transition. We're trying to give, because prayer is so critical to disciple-making. Um, and we knew that before, but we weren't practicing it because we kept doing what every church before us had done, just sort of falling into the, the pattern there. But we've been trying to give more space to prayer, to just saying, let's just seek the Lord together uh, and now we've, we're gently putting that in because that's uh, we felt like that was something that might, you know, we're not saying to people in the pews, hey, take just a few minutes and get with five people um, and, and just spend some time praying. 
we might get to that place. But right now, what we've been doing is just giving more space and more time, not rushing the prayer and not making it always just a prayer from the platform. Uh, so we're trying to model the idea of, of how important the role of prayer is in disciple making, uh, how important just the, the community is in disciple making. And I would say this, I've probably shortened my preaching, um, which has been significant uh, because I was a 40 minute preacher, 40 minute uh, at least kind of, or 35 to 50 minute preacher, most of the time, probably around 40 minutes, because my emphasis was on giving all the detailed knowledge that I wanted them to have my exegesis out of that passage. Nothing wrong with that. But my emphasis now is more on training and equipping. How can I take this passage and, and equip you to be obedient to what God's inviting you to be obedient to out of this passage? And so I'm a little more focused, and, uh, and I'm not as concerned that they get all of the Greek and the whatever there might be in there. I want them to, I want to get an understanding uh, and discovery out of that passage that then can translate under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to an obedience for them, because disciple-making understands that obedience is the key to growth, not knowledge. We've been discipling people with knowledge for way too long. But we want to get people to be, uh, and this really is the roots of, of, of Methodism. Wesley's whole movement was out sure. of getting people in accountable discipleship, where they could really begin to obey God's word, have accountability around that, and to even have others help them to learn how to be obedient to God's word, which, of course, Matthew 28, Jesus said, teach them how to obey, teach them to obey my word. And so we've not been teaching people to obey We've been teaching them to understand, hoping for obedience somewhere down the line. So it has made an impact on our worship services as well. Sure. When, when, you, when you started this transition of going towards small groups, establishment uh, making small groups, how many groups do you have when you started? And then currently, how many groups do you have? And how long has the time frame been be between then and now? Well, again, before COVID, we probably had uh, 500 people in small groups uh, in our church. Most of those, a lot of those meeting on the church premises, uh, church, church rooms were always at a premium. Scheduling was at a premium because this is where ministry happened, right? Come to the church. Uh, and yeah. so people would come here. Hey, I, I've got a new small group starting I'm going to need a DVD player, a whiteboard, you know, just a fairly typical, uh, probably American church model. And so we had, like I said, probably 500 people in small groups that probably uh, translated to about 60 or, or more small groups. I'm not I couldn't give you the number right off the top of my head. Uh, and then COVID hit and the building got shut down and nobody was willing to come in. And uh, so we began to invite them to use the discovery format, because in the old model, you need a trained person. That's, a, that's what the, you know, the Western church model is. We spend a lot of time training people, pro providing professionally equipped, educated, seminary trained Bible study leaders. Uh, and, uh, and if we don't have them, then we use a curriculum that was done by, you know, some world renowned Bible study teacher, and somebody's at least just playing the DVD. 
in the DMM process, we want the Holy Spirit to be the main evangelist and God's word to be discovered together. So what we began to say is you can't meet here and you may not even be able to meet in your normal small group. But if you live with someone, you've probably got a, a pod of some of some group, right? A pod of of coworkers or a pod of uh, uh, consisting of your family. You're doing life together, even in the midst of all the shutdowns with COVID. Well, take this discovery format, these seven simple questions, and uh, and use them and invite your your family or use Zoom. Use the process of of uh, technology to sure. meet online. So we, we've encouraged that. We've seen some traction with that. We do have, I can, I can tell you, we've got, um, I can just tell you one story of a, of a mom in our church who has a, an adult son who, so she's living here in Maryland. Her adult son lives in Chicago. And, uh, you know, he, she, they raised their two, they have two sons. They raised their two sons in the church. And, and uh, of course, as soon as they were old enough, they stopped going to church. And she said, I'm not sure where my son is spiritually. And so during COVID, uh, after some time of praying, she said, I'm going to invite my son. And I, I don't know exactly why she invited just this one son. She didn't invite. It wasn't her husband and her. It was just her. And I think, I think she felt like she wanted to connect with her son spiritually. So she invited her son uh, to do a discovery group with her. And to her surprise, he said, yes. Um, and so he's uh, he's married. His wife is, uh, I think she's a, a law student and she's between working and, and law school. She's pretty busy. So the just the two of them are doing it together and they are to this day. So it's been probably going on for about a year. They are continuing to do this discovery group within within probably the second, third week. He was leading the group. It wasn't just her leading the group. Because again, you're only asking seven questions in the discovery group format, uh, the discovery Bible study format, and anybody can ask the same question. It's just, you know, very routine. So uh, she has talked about basically what she's discovered with her son, that he, that he has a spiritual depth and understanding that she didn't know. But I think she's also talking about, she's also shared That's with us- awesome. Yeah, she's also shared with us how this is, and he's even said, this has really moved me back toward a relationship with God in a way that I, I hadn't had or didn't have. So how many groups do we have now? Um, we're trying to get a handle on that because one of the things that disciple making makes difficult is you're not in control of it. They aren't coming to you necessarily to meet. We're encouraging people to meet in their homes. So we don't know. We, we are continually asking um, how many groups are meeting, uh, how many people are in a discovery group. Discovery groups are also a little bit fluid. Um, I, I think in the sense that um, you may meet with your family uh, over Christmas time and do a study during Christmas season, and then, it, and then it doesn't continue. So I can't give you a good answer right now on how many people we have in uh, in small groups in general. I don't think the number has gone down, but COVID has made it hard, as many people uh, I think are recognizing, COVID's make it, making it hard to know who's doing what, just keeping up with people. Um, sure. We probably have had about a fourth of our church, we're back open, unfortunately, because of the Delta variant in COVID, uh, and the spread of that, we're back to wearing masks in church, but we, we haven't shut down uh, doing 
large group gatherings again. Um, but we're only back to probably a quarter uh, of what we were before. Uh, so only time's going to tell what, who, who, this is one of the things that I say, I really don't know who Oakdale is right now because of, of all that COVID is, uh, you know, what we've got a couple of measures, right? We've made over the time that COVID has been hit, we've made phone calls to our congregation. Uh, and we have probably a thousand folks on our membership roles, plus a lot of folks who aren't members, um, uh, but we've called them, tried to check in on them, tried to see how things are going. Um, but we really don't know who our church is right now. Uh, and, and we probably won't know until you can look at giving. And our giving has been fairly stable. Uh, and so right, yeah. We're, we're not, yeah, we're not seeing a decrease. In fact, we've seen a giving shift. I'll tell you the little thing that we've seen going on and we can't, we can't, this is all anecdotal at this point, because I think until COVID settles down a little bit more, but we, it looks as though our giving and our attendance and our engagement has shifted younger, which is very fascinating to us. We've got more younger people engaged now than we do uh, some of our older folks. And the, the, the bulk of our giving has shifted to younger folks rather than the older folks, uh, which we can't explain at this point, and I can't, uh, I, it's just in the early stages, so we're trying to figure out what that means. That's fascinating. Well, I sure hoped you, uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. We've got more. That was week one. We've got a couple more uh, times together with uh, Doug interviewing me. I hope you'll come back next week. We've got some more talk and conversation about what are the changes the church today in America needs to make uh, so that we can be more effective in making disciples. So we'll see you next week.